you realize your actual worth, that's when your real superpowers start to come alive. You are worthy and you're worth more than what you have previously been telling yourself. This is the Other Side of Adversity podcast, inspiring stories to fill your cup. I'm your host, Laura Massey, and welcome to the show. Our guests today are Maurice Johnson and Jennifer Nitrosio. Maurice Johnson is the creator of Superhuman Soul, a wellness and personal elevation brand. A 17-year veteran in the fitness industry, Maurice is a personal trainer, nutrition coach, Spartan coach, and motivational speaker. His partner, Jennifer Nitrosio, is the founder of Limitless Soul Yoga, using the practice of yoga to help for personal empowerment and overcoming self-limiting beliefs. They are a powerhouse couple who bonded over their respective journey towards practicing self-love and wanting to spread that message through their teachings. Today, I'm super excited to welcome to the show, Mo and Jen. Thank you both so much for being here. Thanks for having us. So let's start off by telling our listeners a little about your backgrounds and and where you're from. We both grew up uh, in a suburb of New York City in Westchester, New York. I grew up in Hawthorne and Maurice grew up in White Plains. And interestingly enough, I grew up ice skating and figure skating. And the rink that I skated at is around the corner from where Maurice grew up. And the way that we would drive to the rink is literally right past Maurice's house as a kid. So it's pretty interesting. So I am Maurice and I created this brand called Superhuman Soul. I'm a fitness professional going on 18 years. I started this journey of fitness of my own back when I was 13 years old. My passion and pretty much my life has to do with fitness, but I'm segueing more into personal development and really helping people tap into the mindsets of creating a better version of themselves. I am a yoga teacher right now, and I, I am also an attorney. Uh, although I'm not practicing law. So that's, it just adds a kind of cool arc and and layer, I think, to um, my perspective on my teachings and and on things. Was there a religious or spiritual influence to either of your childhoods? A little bit, but it's not like a solid thing for me. Yeah, I grew up Roman Catholic. We went to church every Sunday and my parents took the approach of let's go to church and just listen and and maybe like one thing will resonate with you. And the other piece of their approach to religion in our household was just try to be a nice person and do the right thing. And then as an adult, when I really found yoga, you know, now um, studying just a little bit of yoga philosophy and things like that, you kind of see when you take a step back, a, a broader view of things is that, a lot of the religions really have a lot of the same kind of core principles that many of the ancient traditions also have, like yoga. It's interesting because Maurice is definitely guided by a strong set of values, I would say, although it's it's not really defined in any kind of like one place. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I decided to take things into a certain perspective. And also when I began my own personal yoga journey about two years ago, I also read and listened to the four agreements by Dominic Ruiz. 
And a lot of these things, they kind of line straight up. I'm like, oh, okay. So in that regard, I feel like the both of us, we choose things and we take what's useful and discard the things that's not, and then we move forward with those things. Jen, you started off as a lawyer. Tell me a little bit about your journey to fine yoga. The way that I was before college and before law school and all of that is I was really into health and fitness and wellness, although I was on a very different part of my journey then. The legal profession for me, I had a very hard time having a healthy relationship with it. There, it, was, it was more like a love-hate relationship or, or even on some levels toxic in terms of my mental health and wellness. And during the time that I was practicing law, I was a litigator. So there was kind of a, you know, high stress and um, long hours and things like that, which I had anticipated. But the toll that it started taking on my body and my mind, even at a young age, was pretty overwhelming for me. And one of the ways that I coped with it is I started just taking yoga classes. And then the more yoga classes I was taking, the more I noticed that there was something about it that was making me feel a little better and manage my life a little bit better. And so I stayed with the practice. And at one point, you know, and I think yoga, the teachings of yoga had some part in it. I felt empowered enough at some point to just say, you know what, I don't know what is right for me, but I know that the way that I'm working right now and the way that I'm living right now is not right for me. So I'm going to take a step out of this profession, maybe come back, maybe not come back. But regardless, I felt like I had to take a step out in order to find the way. And so I did. Uh, I left law and I started working like three or four other jobs, you know, just to just to work and, and find my way all the while I was practicing yoga. And then the stars and the world and the universe kind of aligned in such a way that a yoga teacher training was coming up and I now had time in my schedule to take it. And I think that that was a really pivotal moment in my life because I've always loved being a student of, of many things because sometimes you do have to let something go in order for a different something to enter, or you have to close one door before another door opens. And so I just, it was this moment in time where I could take the yoga teacher training. I had no intentions of actually teaching yoga. I just wanted to take it to learn and be a student on a deeper level. And I did. And then I came out of the training and everyone was like, oh, so you're going to teach, right? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't know. And then sure enough, I did start teaching and then that just kind of like snowballed into a thing. And now because I just feel so passionately about it and then in meeting Maurice through teaching yoga, that's also an interesting thing because we work at the same facility and we met there. It's just opened all these other beautiful, amazing doors in my life. So Maurice, along your journey, was there any obstacle or adversity that you had to face and how did you overcome it? Yeah, there was plenty actually. So I'll go back as far as when I first started exercising. I was a young kid and I was, I uh, grew up in like a lower middle class um, neighborhood and uh, we didn't have much. And as a kid, I was overweight and I was picked on and all types of things of that nature. 
And my next door neighbor, he took me to a track. And for the first time in my life, I felt fast. I was always the last pick for games. So tag, I was always last. And the basic underdog story. So I'm the last person picked for this. And then I was like, oh, I, I like this feeling. So I've just been exercising ever since. And then when I was in high school, I used to watch body shaping. And I saw a guy teaching a class. And I'm just like, I said, maybe I want to do that. And so being when I was younger, I was in, I actually had put myself into special education because quite frankly, I was lazy and I didn't want to work hard enough to really grasp material in classes. So I wanted the easier way out. So that's one obstacle, one like barrier that I put myself, I put upon myself. And that scenario there stayed with me. And I still battle it to this day sometimes because I feel like at times my level of intelligence is not as high as someone else's. And so I constantly battle with that. I push myself to learn as much as I can. With that being there, there are times in my profession, and I've been in this for a good while, where I'll feel a little insecure about what I know, not realizing that I have as much knowledge as someone who has like advanced degrees in the field. And so when that, um, when that comes up, it's, it's one of those barriers. It's one of those things that you, oh, I'm always going to fight. And eventually I'm going to beat it. I know that for sure. And then from there, just having low self-esteem and being insecure with my, just in various situations in my life, it kind of like put me in, it pushed me in so many different directions. But then one day I just had, I just had enough. And I said, you know what? It was just my fitness. I got tired of being called fat. I got tired of being called slow. I got tired of being called ugly. I got tired of being insecure, so let me do something about it. I got tired of being bullied, and then one day I just went for it, hit everything hard, and never looked back. So those are some of the things I, I tend to have battled with. But now as I got older, I realized that the way I shaped myself was out of pure anger, frustration, and my environment of just being poor and having a poor mindset. And once I took myself out of there and really started to embrace different aspects of training, like martial arts and meditation, I started to take a different path. And now I feel a lot better equipped to deal with those so-called demons of the past that try to hold me back. It's interesting. I think insecurities have played a really big role in both of our paths, actually. And that's something that we connected about when we were or just when we were just friends and, and just getting to know each other, you know, we both had really low self-esteem at certain points in our lives for a long time, like into adulthood. And then there's something that happens where there's a shift of some sort where you start to realize that you are worthy and you're worth more than what you have previously been telling yourself. And I started on this, path of self-worth and self-love unbeknownst to me Maurice was on a similar path at the same time and then we both recognized that we were not introduced into each other's lives like our paths didn't actually cross until we were both at a certain point of that self-love and self-worth awareness and journey 
And that was one of the biggest things that we connected on when we were just getting to know each other. And now that serves as like one of the biggest foundation for our entire relationship and our entire life. So Maurice, talk to me about Superhuman Soul. Where does the name come from and what is your mission? The name Superhuman came from my near, my several near-death experiences. So the major one was a car accident when I was nine years old and I was riding a mountain bike in the summer and uh, it was between my third and fourth grade year. And I came down the street, down a blind corner and somehow my brakes pop and I remember everything like the back of my hand. So like my brakes pop, I heard myself cry and then everything went to black and I just felt the handlebars twisting and going and then I was out. Four weeks and four days later, I come out of the hospital. I was in ICU for four days. And apparently the doctors told my mother that I should have been dead. And my mom told me later on that, yeah, I don't know how you survived that. If you were like, if you were any bit, a bit lighter, you probably would have died. You wouldn't have made it. So that was one of them. And there was another scenario where I was nearly shot by someone. I was in other like near miss car accidents and almost falling off of things because I put myself in fun situations like that. And, and so I was thinking about what can I call this? And so Superhuman the class was formed based on that. And I was like, what, what, what's, what can actually mean something and what's going to inspire people to, um, to embrace the difficulties, to understand that they have power the, over their situations by the way they react to things. And so that's it. Oh, superhuman. I walked away from so many different things. And why can't people walk away from whatever they're feeling, whatever like um, adversities they're feeling, you know, that there, ha everyone has a way of being superhuman. And my mission is to help uplift people, to help them become a better version of the better version of themselves to be able to create a better world by being elevated. So give me an example of how you motivate people in your classes. The concept of elevation comes in several different ways. So there's the physical aspect, then there's the uh, mind, of course, and then there's the spiritual aspect. And they, you know, people call it the Trinity. So you want to bring mind, body, and spirit together through different modalities of exercises, which helps, them, which helps people release endorphins. It gives them a sense of feeling high and they are more likely to retain information for their mind. And the better that they, the more information that they retain from, into their mind, the more cultivated they could possibly bring their, get their spirit to be if they're reading the right things. So I also feed them the right information, things about how to, the stories they tell themselves, you know, how to, um, how to actually put things into practice in ways of dealing with discomfort embracing stuff using my own life story the things that i've been that i've dealt with for as an example for them to go ahead and say hey well he's a human being just like me i can do the same thing too if i follow these if i follow this way of doing things great thank you so jen where does the name limitless yoga come from and what is your vision limitless yoga comes from my own uh, self-limiting beliefs and confronting them and working through them. And now having the intention of imparting that, that concept that I am limitless and so is everybody else. You know, the, the only limits that we 
place on ourselves, we're putting there. They don't actually exist. And when you dissect concepts like self-love and self-worth, it all leads back to this path of if you can find ways to break free of the, the binds that you've put yourself in, you realize that your true essence and your true potential is infinite and abundant and totally limitless. So let's talk a little bit more about self-limiting beliefs. I know you've both shared some with us, but what were some of your major self-limiting beliefs or fears and how did you overcome them? Some really big ones for me was about body image and weight, this concept that I'm really not that athletic and I never will be, you know, I'm not a runner and I'm not an athlete. And these kind of also play into like, then what becomes your story and what you tell yourself. And I, when I started taking Maurice's superhuman class, actually, I started confronting a lot of these beliefs in terms of uh, that stuff, like the physical stuff, the body image stuff. Because for me, yoga was still kind of this safe place. For like two years straight, I only did yoga. I only went into the dark yoga studio and did my thing. And I have a background in dance. And so just kind of moving with my body weight, that always felt natural to me. And I had been shying away from strength training and other modalities of cross-training my body because of these limiting beliefs. And what happened was... I saw then, it's like I created what I had not wanted, right? Like my body changed, um, I wasn't as strong. And then when I took Superhuman for the first time, I took the class and I just felt empowered and I just felt like I can do these things. You know, yes, I wanted to throw up in the warm up, but I didn't. And yeah, I wanted to leave, but I didn't. And and then I really felt like I accomplished something. And so one of Maurice's um, messages, really consistent messages at that time was be afraid, be very afraid, but do it anyway. And that was a, a something, a message that he was delivering to his class for an extended period of time. And that's a mantra that I adopted. It was like, okay, I'm afraid of this. I'm going to confront it and I'm going to do it anyway. And then that eventually led me into doing some Spartan races with Maurice. What are some of your other messages or, or mantras that you share with people, Maurice? The one I've been using recently is I am worthy. I have the class repeat to themselves saying I am worthy because when you realize your actual worth, that's when your real superpowers start to come alive. And you tell yourself, it goes into the stories that you tell yourself. So you keep telling yourself that I am worthy and you say, okay, what am I worthy of? All the things that you seek, the elevation that you seek, the hard things that help create the character that you become, and then the prized possession of yourself as you go along with it and evolve. Another one I said, love yourself always, always love yourself. Self-love is actually a concept that I learned prior to being with Jen. And I said to myself, I said, I will no longer be in a relationship unless I love myself first. I have to go ahead and put myself through a test of fire of some sort. I have to do some uncomfortable stuff. I have to be truthful to myself. Take ownership is another one. I learned that from listening to uh, Jocko Willink, uh, Navy SEAL, and I put that into practice and I said it in class. Holding the line. Hold the line on what you believe in. Hold the line on what you're capable of doing. Embrace the discomfort zone. That's another one. 
So I have several different mantras that I use, but these things, they all come together as you can, you will, and you must elevate. And these things are, they're, they are the actual foundations of my superhuman class and the brand that I have that we're creating here. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. The one I remember that stuck with me from the other day was a better you is a better world. Without elevating yourself, how are you going to be, well, I put it like this. Life is one giant adventure. So in that adventure, you're going to have ups and downs, but it is what it is. And we have to experience that to get somewhere. So in the uh, journey of becoming a whole person, that's pretty much how you become a, that's how you make a better world. You're a better version of yourself. And therefore you treat the person next to you just as well, because you're not all in your head. So let's go back to that Spartan race. I'd love to hear that story. Maurice has done about a million Spartan races and he's a Spartan coach and it's really his thing. And it was not my thing at all. But when we got together, he asked me if I wanted to do a Spartan race and I, and because I was fearful of it because of all these narratives that I had about myself that I would never do something like that. I said, okay, right. I'm afraid of it. So I'll try it. I trust him and he'll do the race with me. So there was like a safety net there for me. So we did one race and it was a lot of fun. Maury says to me, well, okay, so you should try the next one. And the super, this one, the venue was the Blue Mountain Ridge area in Pennsylvania. And these mountains are pretty high. So that race was a little tough. There was this one part where there was a steep hill. I believe the grade might've been like 40%. Um, we had to go down and then go up with a sandbag. And I could see that she had stuff going on in her head. Had a slight meltdown. I had a huge meltdown in that race. The sandbag carry was very eye-opening because, I mean, these Spartan obstacles are really intelligently <laughs> designed, I have to say. And the sandbag carry, it's one of the most challenging ones. It is the most challenging one. And you see people that look stronger than you, more able than you, and you just see them like, like casualties on the side of a road. I mean, it's like this really weird scene where you're carrying the sandbag, you're dripping sweat, you're going up this incline, you're like, why am I doing this? And it's literally one step at a time, that's all you can take. And all I kept saying to myself is, if I put this bag down or if I stop, I'm not going to start again. Like it's gonna be all over. So I just kept taking these little steps. And after that, it was like, okay, if I can do that, then what else can I do, you know? And why did I think I couldn't do that? And so it's super empowering. And then we did a third race together. I did the beast course, which is one lap and the ultra beast is two laps. That was really, really super challenging for us both. And the venues were the three hardest venues in the Northeast. The beast and the ultra were in Vermont and they had this one thing called the death march. So that was the same, it was, the hill was actually the same as that sandbag carry in Palmerton where it was like this, except in Killington, it was two miles up. I did it and I thought, okay, that's gotta be the worst part of the course. Unbeknownst to me, there was like another, another death march situation and they route you all the way to the bottom of the mountain and you can hear the festival area, the festival's right near the finish line and you could see the obstacles that are towards the end of the race. And you literally could, if you wanted to, just walk off. 
but instead the course routes you back up this this freaking mountain and I just stood at the bottom of that hill and it was around mile 13 of the race and I just started crying crying hysterically I was looking at the mountain crying shaking my head no and actually started walking up the mountain backwards at that point because it was like one of those moments where I couldn't even look at it I just couldn't even bear to face it and and so that ended up being the hardest part of the course for me and it was a really great experience because you have these moments in your life and then months later actually a situation came up at work that really defeated me and I, and really got into my core and I felt the same way I felt in that moment where I was at mile 13 and I wanted it to be over and I applied the same principles that I applied in the race. I applied them in my life. And that is one of the coolest things I think about doing these things. It doesn't have to be a Spartan race, but doing something that takes you out of your comfort zone because these skills translate into your life. That's great. Thank you. So one of my final questions, what advice would you give your younger selves? For me, I would say, stop judging yourself. I would say, dude, get over it. Deal with it. Life is going to be tough. It's here to build you up. If you give up now, you're going to forget that you're going to miss out in the promised land. You got to hold the line, stand fast, and put one foot in front of the other. And on the other side, I can promise you the amazing things that you're going to do and become is gonna be there for the taking for you. Any, any final thoughts? It's really interesting how all this stuff is coming together in a time where people are afraid and they're probably looking for some way out of it, but we have no way out of it. We have to sit there and deal with it. And the people that are able to sit and deal those are going to be the ones on the other side, I think, is going to really appreciate what we actually have. Great. Thank you. Well, this has been so much fun. Where can people find you online to learn more? We have a website. It is superhumansoul.com. You'll see our class schedules, our social media. I'm at Maurice S. Johnson on Facebook and Super Spartan Mojo on Instagram. I, on Facebook, I am at Jennifer Nicole Natrosio. On Instagram, I'm at Coach Jen Jen. Thank you both so much. This has been fantastic. We just are so happy to like be here and to have a conversation with you, number one. And then to yeah. be a part of your podcast is so amazing. So we just really appreciate it. Great. Thank you both so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. That's all for this episode of The Other Side of Diversity podcast. Hope you've been inspired. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show or leave a review. It's the equivalent of supporting a small business owner. Love fully, live fully, and shine your beautiful light. Thank you.